Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is August 25th. Today, just like I promised yesterday, we are going to talk more about grace. What it means to grow grace to grace and grace for grace. To illustrate a little bit about what grace is and to kind of fix how we sometimes view grace. I want to tell a story about before I was married, I was never into running. I've never been one of those people who was a runner, but I had convinced myself to run a couple of 5Ks, train for a 10K, different things like that. And so I was kind of forcing myself to run, but I've never been a great runner. And as I was training for these things, as I was preparing, I had built out a route, a very specific route to run in my neighborhood. And I did that because about halfway through my run, right when I would be getting tired and feeling like I couldn't go anymore, I would run right past a house that had the biggest, snarliest, scariest dog. And fortunately, they had a fence up, but the dog would run from the patio and it would start barking and it would get right at the fence, right by where I was running, and it would chase me as I went but it would stay within the fence. So I knew I was safe from the dog, but it was always that extra adrenaline burst as it leapt from the porch and started barking at me. And with that extra burst of adrenaline, I was able to usually get another mile or so out of my run. Now, the reason why I tell this story is oftentimes when we think of grace, we have a slight misunderstanding. Nephi teaches us that it's by grace that we're saved after all we can do. And that's absolutely true. But I think sometimes we misunderstand what that means. Because Nephi teaches us that it's by grace that we're saved after all we can do, sometimes I feel like we think that grace is just kind of those extra credit points at the end of the race. Like we run a three-mile race and because of grace, all of a sudden it's going to be counted as a four-mile race. And that's not true. Grace isn't something that we access at the end of our lives to push us over the edge. Rather, grace is the power that we receive as we are running so that we can continue. Grace is that big snarly dog that would give me the extra boost that I needed in the moments that I needed it, not at the end, because I didn't need extra energy at the end of my run. I needed extra energy every single step that I was taking. And that is us in our lives. Remember, the Savior wasn't born with a fullness at first. He had to obtain that fullness. He had to grow it grace by grace until he could reach perfection. And the same is true for us. Every single day of our lives, we have to access grace. And it's by his grace and through his grace that we have power to get through our days, power to do good things, power to avoid the bad things. Remember our quote from Elder Hafen yesterday that grace allows us to weed the bad things from our lives, but also helps us plant the beautiful flowers in our lives. Elder Bednar teaches that the enabling power of the atonement strengthens us to do and be good and to serve beyond our own individual desire and natural capacity. I don't think I've ever caught the desire aspect of that quote before. It's the enabling power of grace that allows us to even want to start to run in the first place. I absolutely love that. And so here, 
when the scriptures teach us that it's by grace that we're saved after all we can do, that doesn't mean at the very end of it. It doesn't mean that it's our extra credit points. It means that literally sometimes all we can do is rely on Jesus Christ and his infinite grace and atonement. All we can do is repent. All we can do is turn to him and rely on that grace. Now remember, the purpose of this section is to teach us who we are worshiping and how to worship him. How does understanding the full scope of grace allow us a better understanding of who we worship? Also, when the scriptures teach us that the Savior grew, grace to grace and grace for grace, and then the section goes on and teaches us that we also grow grace for grace, that gives us an indication of how we can better worship him. Listen to this quote by Elder Maxwell. He says, Let our gratitude likewise be expressed by striving to become, attribute by attribute, more and more as Jesus is. By so living, ours will not then be a mere appreciation of Jesus, nor a modest admiration of him. Rather, ours will be an adoration of Jesus expressed by our emulation of him. So, as we better understand who Christ is, as we understand the full scope of his grace, we then know how to worship him better as we use his grace to become more like him. And just as he grew grace for grace, we emulate him and also grow grace to grace and grace for grace. Now, I think it's interesting that those two expressions are slightly different, growing grace to grace and grace for grace. And you know me, you know I'm a giant word nerd, and so I get fascinated with these subtle differences that we see in the scriptures. So growing grace to grace, I believe, means as we receive grace, as we receive the enabling power of Jesus Christ to do a little bit better than we did yesterday, then the next day, Through grace, we have a little bit extra power to do better the next day. And that goes on and on and on. So as we receive grace, we improve and we receive more grace and improve. And so it's kind of like this staircase that we begin to ascend. Now, we talked yesterday also about how the Savior grew grace to grace. And we, according to Lindsay Robbins, grow failure to failure sometimes. How the Savior's growth was just completely an upwards track without these failures that we often have. In our process of growing grace to grace, oftentimes we grow by leaps and bounds and oftentimes we fail by leaps and bounds. But the purpose is is that we continue to face God and continue to try to improve using the power that we've already obtained to continue to make those choices, to continue to call upon grace, to continue to improve. But the phrase grace for grace is absolutely fascinating to me. Now, it says the Savior also grew grace for grace, which makes sense because he offers us the ultimate grace, correct? But we also grow grace for grace. And honestly, even that one phrase has two different meanings. First of all is the grace that we give. Elder Jeanard Cook once said, The Lord's response to us is always filled with love. Should not our response to him be in kind with real feelings of love? He gives grace or goodness 
for grace, attribute for attribute. As our obedience increases, we receive more grace or goodness from the grace we return to him. And so that's one aspect of grace for grace. But let's also remember in the New Testament, when the Savior is teaching us to pray, he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. My friends, when you and I offer grace, when you and I are willing to extend the hand of mercy, when you and I are willing to overlook people's mistakes or flaws, when we're willing to give people the benefit of the doubt, when we're willing to straight up forgive even the unforgivable, when we are willing to offer grace, the Savior's ability to pour grace into our lives is strengthened and increased. Grace to grace, little bit by little bit, line upon line, precept upon precept, small victory by small victory, until we reach perfection. But grace for grace, forgiven as we forgive, receiving mercy as we are merciful, both are needed. And fortunately for us, both are offered by our Savior. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 